Black Warriors, Tansei Sego Anibuju, Kwei Ninda Luizi Pampometer, and I am the host of this show, The Warrior Life. This podcast is a show about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies, and spirits, while at the same time revitalizing our cultures, traditions, laws, and practices. It's also about asserting, living, and defending our sovereignty all over Turtle Island. And there's no one way to live a warrior life. We all do our part at different times in different ways and with different degrees of energy. Then there are times when we have to take a break, recharge our spirits, spend time with family, and remember to celebrate our successes. Because no matter how many battles we have to fight or how frustrating it is to see so little progress sometimes, we have to remember that being here is a giant success. We have survived genocide. That having our cultures and identities is a gift. That we are winning. Slowly but surely, we are winning this war. You don't need to win every battle to win the war, to push back the colonizers, to decolonize ourselves and assert our sovereignty. As we move along, we have more and more settler allies, we have more and more international allies. We have more other allies from indigenous nations. Some of these allies in our settler groups are, have been here for generations. And some of these settler allies just joined us last week. But we can do this. We are powerful together. So we can take a break. We can enjoy the holidays, however we choose to celebrate it whether it's just time off work or time spent with friends or exchanging gifts at Christmas or any other holiday. We need this time. So today's podcast is dedicated to this holiday season, however you choose to celebrate it. It's based on a blog I wrote earlier this week, which is on my Indigenous Nationhood blog, and it's a call to Indigenous peoples and Canadians to buy Native and give Native all year long. And I'll make sure to post a link to this blog in the description box below my SoundCloud podcast. So if you're anything like me, I need multiple lists to keep myself organized this time of year. With the holidays speeding towards us faster than we can keep up, I need these lists. I need a list for tasks to complete at work before we break for the holidays. And sadly, my work list is pretty big. I need a grocery list to prepare for multiple family feasts, one of my favorite two things in the world, family and food together. And of course, I have my holiday gift-giving list. And without these lists, I would certainly be doomed to rely on my brain, which is already overloaded with the work from 2019 and my giant to-do list for 2020. But I find these lists extremely helpful because they keep me from impulse shopping and overspending. And on the years that I have gone without a list, I have ended up buying twice as much as what I needed. And most of these purchases fell under the category of just in case, or I forgot who it was I was buying for. I'm also far more conscious of commercial spending, the impact on the environment, and better places to put my hard-earned money. But I also have another list, which is my giving list, a list that reminds me to share my privilege with other people. And we all have different circumstances, different incomes, different backgrounds. But for me and my family, they have always taught me that sharing is a critical part of contributing to our collective nations. 
that sharing isn't only done when you are rich and it's not only done when you have a vast fortune. Sharing is done whether your fortune is big or small and sometimes the sharing part doesn't even involve money. Love and support and loyalty and commitment are some of the best ways to give to one another. The one thing these lists all have in common is that they are all focused on buying Native and giving Native all year long. Recently, Negan Sinclair, the award-winning Anishinaabe columnist for the Winnipeg Free Press, wrote an article urging Manitobans and Canadians to buy Indigenous. He argues that it makes more sense to invest in Indigenous businesses that contribute to local economies rather than buying things from large U.S.-owned box stores where billions of dollars flow to U.S. corporate owners. This makes a great deal of sense to me. When you invest in First Nation businesses, for example, you help First Nation economies, which in turn help regional Canadian economies through spending and employment. Negon provided a list of various Indigenous businesses that offer everything from food, music, and books to clothing and jewelry, uh, some pretty famous ones in, in Winnipeg, that's for sure. And honestly, who could ask for a better list of gift-giving options than this list of Indigenous goods that are handmade and steeped in the rich cultures and traditions of local First Nations? Similarly, this past summer, Serene Fox, who is an Anishinaabe television host, actress, model, and activist, shared with the Globe and Mail how she assembles her wardrobe all from Indigenous-made products. And what I'll do is I'll post a link to both of their articles below. Serene has always made lifting up others part of everything she does, and giving a nod to her curated list of Indigenous artists and businesses is actually part of helping to promote them. She highlighted some Indigenous clothing, boots and purses, and things that she wears every day from Indigenous businesses. She says that her goal is to help celebrate Indigenous peoples every day, not just on holidays like Indigenous Peoples Day, for example. And a shout out from someone with Serene's public profile helps promote Indigenous businesses and in turn boost the Indigenous economy, like Negon was referencing. You can also find other curated lists of Native-owned businesses in Canada and the US on websites like Beyond Buckskin, and I'll also post that link as well. And I agree with them both, Negon and Serene. And keep in mind, I've had them both on this podcast show, The Warrior Life. So if you missed their interviews, just go back in past episodes and you'll get to hear from them. They're pretty inspiring warriors themselves. But like I said, I agree with them both. Buying Native helps support local First Nation and Canadian economies and should be a focus all year round, not just during the holidays. Think of how much it helps the environment to buy local. The local economy gets a boost because buying Native supports Native employees and business owners who in turn support the local economy by purchasing their goods locally. It's literally a circle of trade that benefits everybody. And when you think about it, that's how we all came to be in this treaty relationship to begin with. Trade between First Nations and settlers was a key aspect of the treaty relationship, especially for nations like mine, the Mi'kmaq Nation. 
the Supreme Court of Canada has specifically noted that the trade provisions within the Mi'kmaq treaties were an important part of maintaining peace. In other words, there would have been no peace unless we had made trading arrangements. Mi'kmaq Nation and other Indigenous nations have defended our trading practices and our trade routes for thousands of years. They are part of our complex and interconnected economies. We have been engaged in intertribal or internation trade since time immemorial, literally tens of thousands of years here on Turtle Island, north and south of the fictional border. The trade provisions and treaties were an important part of our commitments to one another, and one of those commitments was to mutually benefit from the lands, which were never ceded by any Indigenous groups. And I think we should reinvigorate these trade relationships and encourage one another and Canadians to focus on buying Native, not just during the holidays, but all year round. And not just gifts, but goods and services of all kinds, from beautiful beaded medallions, to well-researched and written books, to multi-million dollar construction contracts. Our internation trade benefits us all. Why should any of us invest our money in large corporations who pay their CEOs millions of dollars in salaries while most of the families of the employees struggle to meet their bills? We can help take back our Native economies and refocus it on trade relations between Native peoples and Canadian settlers. And the more we lift each other up, the better. Let's try to help promote our business large and small on the powwow trail, on the res, or in downtown urban areas. For Canadians, supporting our economies is an important part of reconciliation. For Native peoples, boosting each other's businesses is an important part of living and asserting our sovereignty as nations and maintaining our long practice of inter-nation trade. But as with all things in traditional Native teachings, there must be balance. Our relations with one another must ensure that the collective is looked after. We have to share our wealth with other people. Now, that's going to mean different amounts at different times as we are able. But our strength as sovereign nations has always been in our collectives and taking care of one another. And treaties speak to this. We actually put this in our treaties that there would be mutual prosperity, mutual respect, and mutual protection. So First Nations and Canadians are both critical to this relationship and restoring the balance which has all but been destroyed by colonial governments. We have to be honest with one another. We are out of balance and through no fault of our own as Native peoples. Historic and ongoing genocide has literally wreaked havoc on not just our peoples, but our lands and our waters and all of the living beings in our territories. Canada's laws, policies and practices has created and maintained our poverty by creating legal and economic blockades against our own economies and our own businesses and our own attempts to be prosperous 
Every time we have managed to assert ourselves in the economy, they find a way to criminalize it or keep us out. We have literally had to be criminally indigenous in order to maintain our traditional practices and our economies, whether it be hunting and fishing or the traditional trade in tobacco or entering into any other business. So we have to take extra steps to fight back and it's not fair. And we hope and, and will continue to advocate for this injustice to end. But Canadians are implicated here as well. You can do something about reconciliation with Indigenous peoples, even if governments are slow to act. And one way is buying Native. But the other is giving Native. It's usually this time of year that we see public calls to support various groups and causes with donations. The holidays evoke in many people a moral obligation and desire to share their good fortune, big or small, with others to help address urgent individual needs or to advance social justice more broadly. To my mind, this should never be about charity or holiday-based goodwill, but instead be about fulfilling our legal obligations to one another under the various treaties we sign to share the land's resources and wealth. It's also about real reconciliation, which is about more than a celebration of Native culture, but also about individual responsibility to address past and ongoing injustices. This doesn't just lay at the feet of government. To this end, there are various Native groups and organizations to which you could direct your giving this holiday season and throughout the new year ahead. And no, I'm not talking about political organizations who are well-funded by governments and who take on a very different aspect of what it is we do as uh, Indigenous peoples. I'm talking about the smaller organizations, the grassroots organizations and individual groups. There are small organizations working hard to advocate for the basic human rights of First Nations children in foster care, for example, or the safety of Indigenous women and girls, or the safety of our people who are homeless and living on the streets. In advancing and protecting the human rights of children, women, homeless, um, and other people, we actually advance human rights for all people. Similarly, there are smaller, more informal groups in need of supplies or legal assistance as they occupy First Nation territories to protect the lands, waters, plants, and animals from the devastating environmental destruction of the extractive industry. In protecting water sources, forests, and ecosystems from contamination, First Nations warriors are protecting the health and well-being of both Indigenous peoples and Canadians. We all have treaty and other obligations to contribute in some way to the protection of Turtle Island for future generations. And giving to Native causes can be part of that. In fact, I think it is a critically essential part of that. Think about it. During Idle No More, First Nations were standing up against a bully government, one that breached all the rules of fairness, equality, and democracy. And we stood up, we did that to defend our Aboriginal and treaty rights, our land rights, our right to be self-determining, as well as to stand up against ongoing genocide, poverty, and racialized and sexualized violence. We also were standing up for the government's breach of the rights of all Canadians. This government was ramming omnibus bills through without 
proper information, education, public input, or debate. They were violating core rights and freedoms under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms with far-reaching anti-terrorism legislation. And the Conservatives were involved in scandal after scandal, and instead of standing up and being accountable for it, they would prorogue Parliament, which just means end Parliament so that they wouldn't have to answer for it. At the end of the day, remember, we all need clean water and farmable land to live, whether we are Native or Canadian. So supporting Native land and water defenders, human rights defenders, and activists who stand up for all of our rights is good for all of us. But it is unfair for Native peoples to carry that burden alone. It is a significant burden of educating, advocating, defending, litigating, and getting arrested on the front lines. Doing this alone is difficult, and we would have far more success if all Canadians joined us. We need our treaty partners to step up and support us. And I'm quite thankful because since Idle No More, our allies have like quadruple, it has literally increased by tens of thousands of people. We have far more partnerships with other human rights groups, anti-poverty groups, women's rights groups, homelessness, prison justice, all these kinds of non-government organizations and many grassroots organizations standing beside us to help advance social justice generally, but justice for Native peoples particularly. And that includes more and more people from professions like lawyers, teachers, doctors, and the next door neighbor. I mean, at one point, I had this sweet elderly gentleman, he was about 90 years old, who had heard me speak at an event and came up to me afterwards and said, sign me up on the warrior list. The next time you need someone on the front lines, I'll be there. And that's the kind of attitude we need. And I know that we can't all be on the front lines, but we all have a role to play in supporting the Native people who are on the front lines. And support can come in a wide variety of ways, but donations are really important. And most of them have other websites or Facebook pages or GoFundMe pages where you can donate any amount and every bit helps. They need money for legal fees to um, defend themselves in litigation, but also to defend themselves from all of the arrests from RCMP or provincial or local police. Um, think about the costs of, of litigation when you're talking, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from trial to Supreme Court of Canada. But then there's also the costs of food, firewood, water, and blankets. Um, those are very high costs when things like prolonged land defense goes on for months, long after the media attention has gone away. There are people still living there on the land defending them. So that's why I always include a list about where you can give Native all year round. We have to make reconciliation about action. It can't just be like Trudeau's flowery words. Real reconciliation won't happen until there is justice. And that is the transfer of land, power, and wealth back to Native people. And that means we all have to give because every single human being on Turtle Island benefits from the ongoing genocide and dispossession of Indigenous peoples. But the good news is we have the ability to take action to help end that injustice. Idle No More is still in action. You might not see them in the media, but we're all working at the local level. We're all trying to help in individual ways. So 
There are far too many native businesses and causes to note here in my podcast. So what follows is just a brief list of some of the ways that I buy native and give native all year round. There are other people who have other lists like Negon and Serene and Beyond Buckskin and many other people who have lots of lists and I encourage you to check them all out. And while some of those on the buy native list here are larger businesses, don't forget about the hundreds of individuals who sell their goods at powwows, cultural events, and through various social media outlets. I mean, I have purchased some of the best beaded earrings I've ever had from artists who I spotted on Instagram, for example. I mean, most recently, I just bought the most amazing ribbon skirt from a lady who is advertising them on social media, someone I didn't know who doesn't have a storefront, who doesn't have an online store. So uh, the business can also be supported on a one-on-one basis. Similarly, while larger native organizations on the Give Native list are easier to find through websites, don't forget to scan your social media for smaller groups making callouts for urgently needed donations. So under my Buy Native list, and there are so many, I mean, I can't list them all, but this is just uh, some of the highlights. For the online businesses, there's Cheekbone Beauty. It was founded by Jennifer Harper, an Indigenous woman. The business is totally Indigenous-owned. It's a cruelty-free cosmetic company, and they're also working on um, waste-free cosmetics. They offer high-quality cosmetics and actually donate part of their profits to help fund education for Indigenous peoples. So actually buying Cheekbone Beauty is buying Native and giving Native at the same time. They incorporate social justice into their business model, and that's just amazing. Their Warrior Woman line of lipsticks include shades named after Native women warriors like Serene Fox and Cindy Blockstock, who, um, both of whom I've, I, I've interviewed on this podcast. And the most recent one is named after me. Um, and my lipstick is included in the recent holiday collection. And the lipstick is called Pam and it's a true warm red. So check them out online. She Native is another Indigenous-owned company that I just love. They offer leather handbags and clothing that share Indigenous teachings and positive messaging. I've bought their t-shirts and hoodies and literally just love them. And I haven't just bought them for myself, but you know, I've, I've bought them for family members too. And what I really love about them is their positive messaging and celebration of Indigenous women in a really positive light. You know, so it's about, you know, Native women believing in themselves and and going ahead and, and doing what they need to do. And even the name, She Native, um, it's, it's a pretty amazing company. So you should check them out. And then, of course, like for years and years and years, one of my favorites has been Tammy Beauvais Designs. Now, Tammy, she has another company that's 100% Indigenous owned, and you can see her selling her purses and ribbon skirts and native design clothing for men and women all over Canada. I mean, literally one of my most favorite things to do at powwows is to run around and try to find her stall to see what she has new to offer. One of my most favorite things that I ever bought from her, uh, and I actually bought this one online, uh, was a beautiful white bomber jacket that has these like flowers all over it that look like they're beaded, but that's just the design in the fabric. It's just beautiful. And you can check her out at powwows or you can check her out online. Now, a business that I just recently got connected with 
is uh, Nation Designs. It's a business that I found through social media. They're an indigenous company that offers Anishinaabe design purses, clothing, and accessories. And I actually found uh, them through Instagram. I was just scrolling through my Instagram and I saw one of their purses. It was just so amazing. It has this you know, picture of a, a mama bear and a baby bear on it. It was just so striking. I literally fell in love with it and Insta ordered it through Instagram. So, I mean, keep in mind, there are many ways in which you can reach out and be connected with native businesses. And so all of those are online now. There are some places where you have to go in store. So if you look at the Cedar Basket gift shop, that's actually located inside of the Native Canadian Centre in downtown Toronto. And they have like a massive collection of artwork and pictures and crafts, household items, jewelry, moccasins, all handcrafted by Native peoples. And I especially love their baskets and beadwork. I mean, that's my weakness. I, I could just have a thousand Native crafted baskets. Um, and for me, I have never been able to visit the Native Canadian Centre without going into the Cedar Basket gift shop and leaving without a gift for somebody. I mean, it's just that kind of shop. And you know you're supporting local Indigenous artists. And that's probably what I like most about that shop. Another one is called Tika's Aboriginal Boutique. And um, that's a Native-owned store in the Forks in Winnipeg. And it is super well-known. I mean, they have lots of items in their boutique and you can often see them at meetings or powwows, but they are super well-known for their custom work. So I had some shirts and blazers specially tailored for my son who loves wearing one-of-a-kind work. So they will bead up a blazer or put on native fabric on dress shirts and it just it looks so amazing and they just have so much business for their custom work it's really high quality and, and looks amazing another one of course and i'm very partial to this is a newer one it's called res famous and it's a Mi'kmaq clothing company from back home in Mi'kma'ki, home in the maritimes where i'm from and i literally have their t-shirts their hoodies their caps and everything i can get my hands on not just for me but for my family it is such a cool concept it's really modern it's colorful it's fun and you can find them you know at powwows all over the place but you can also find them on facebook in order they're just they're in a, a new company, but they're really, they really stand out. They're pretty unique, so you should check them out. And then I have a shameless self-promotional plug here. Warrior Life Clothing is one of my own latest initiatives that I use to help raise funds to keep my media completely independent. So I do all of my own native media myself. It's not associated with anything else. And I use the proceeds that I get from different events, um, from my books, and from now this Warrior Life Clothing to help pay for the costs of my YouTube channel, my Warrior Life podcast, and my Indigenous Nationhood blog, but it also will hopefully help defray some of the costs for my second podcast that's due to be released in the new year, top secret. So for now, my Warrior Life clothing isn't on like a website or anything, it's all done through Teespring, but I'll post the link like for all of these as well. Now on my Give Native list, right 
Up at the top is the First Nations Child and Family Caring Society. It's headed by Dr. Cindy Blackstock. She's one of the most powerful Native women warriors I know. I've had her on my podcast multiple times. I've had her on my YouTube. She just advocates strenuously and unapologetically for First Nations children, youth, and families. Her whole mission through that society is to make sure that they grow up healthy, happy, safe, and proud of who they are as First Nations. Um, her organization brought a human rights complaint against Han Canada for historic and ongoing racial discrimination against First Nations children in foster care. I mean, literally the most vulnerable group, and they won because Canada is in a worst case scenario of ongoing racial discrimina discrimination. They continue their battle at the tribunal and in the courts to force Canada to comply with the tribunal's orders and, and finally end discrimination. And so far, Canada's in non-compliance. I don't know how many non-compliance orders we're at now. It was at seven, then it was eight. I think maybe we're up as high as 10 now. But what I really like about the First Nations Child and Family Caring Society is that Cindy always shares many, many ways that you can help take action. On their website, they have seven free ways to help, like signing petitions and letters, or you can purchase children's educational books and calendars that also um, help educate children about what's happening and, and how they can stand beside First Nations children, and also making donations. Another group is the Gitimden Yinta Access, and that's a group of First Nation peoples from the Wet'suwet'en Nation, from the Gitimden clan, who are governing their territory and trying to protect it from pipelines. They are true warriors who risk their safety and freedom by protecting lands and waters from the devastation of pipelines. Now, we had uh, Molly Wickham from uh, Gitimden on the podcast, so you can go back and listen to her. Lots of details. Um, about what's happening and why it's so important, but they need our support in terms of supplies for people on the ground, but also donations for their legal fees. They are constantly being harassed by the RCMP. Sometimes they're being arrested and there may be ongoing litigation that they have to defend. So legal fees are very high. And so this is one of the ones that I support as well. And you have an option. You can give one-time donations or ongoing monthly support. And then um, the sister clan is the Unistoten camp, which is another clan from the Wet'suwet'en Nation governing their territory to also protect it from pipelines. And you can support them in a similar way from buying their merchandise, you know, so you're buying native, but you're also helping raise money for the cause. So that's another two in one. Or you can make a one-time donation to their legal fund or offer monthly support for things like supplies for the people that are living out there protecting the lands and waters. Another one which is closer to home for me is the Treaty Truck House Legal Fund. Now that's a group of grassroots people, including Mi'kmaq treaty holders, grandmothers, and local allies who are standing united as water protectors of the Shubenacadie River in the Shubenacadie district of Mi'kmaq. They have been trying to protect the river for years and as a result need donations for legal expenses. Now they have been uh, really active. Sometimes they're in the media, sometimes they're not. And what I worry about um, not when they're not in the media, when the media loses its focus on what's happening, um, especially during extended, you know, occupations or land defense or water defense scenarios, is that people forget that there's still people there and, and we need to support them. 
Now, another one is Tiny House Warriors, and that's an initiative from the Schwepmick people uh, whose mission is to stop the Trans Mountain Pipeline from crossing their unceded territory. Um, they are a people who assert their law and jurisdiction on their territory by building tiny houses all along the pipeline route, which is their territory, uh, territory in order to block access to the pipeline. Now, Kenhouse Manual is one of the Native women warriors who are engaged in that and who literally places her safety and freedom on the line to protect our collective futures. And you'll recall, we've interviewed her here on my podcast and uh, she was recently in the media because the RCMP, uh, she reported that they broke her arm uh, during an arrest. So she's really taking a hit standing on the front line. And they need a lot of help. They need a help, lots of help for the tiny house warriors and for the nation and, you know, both for legal fees and um, supplies. So you can donate to their official tiny house warriors site or... Um, their youth network. They both have GoFundMe pages on their website, so check them out. And then one that I didn't list, list on my blog, but which is super important, is Bear Clan Patrol in Winnipeg. Their stated mission is to provide restoration and maintenance of harmony within the community by promoting and providing safety, conflict resolution, mobile witnessing and crime prevention, maintaining a visible presence on the streets, providing an early response to situations, as well as providing rides, exports, or escorts, and referrals. This was an initiative started by Native peoples who were just took the initiative on themselves without large government funding or corporate funding, without employment or anything, to try to provide safety for our people, especially those living on the streets. And think about all of the Indigenous women and girls who go murdered and missing. You know, they had a huge role to play in uh, trying to protect Indigenous women and girls on the streets, trying to search for Indigenous women and girls. And they have their own uh, website where you can go and donate to their cause. And what I'll do is post a link to all of these organizations which you can donate. And in my blog, it has a list of all the businesses and all the places where you can donate. So thank you for tuning into my show. I hope you will agree with me that buying Native and giving Native should be a priority in our treaty relationship and our trade relationship and should happen all year long, not just during the holidays. And this is the last show for the year 2019. It's been a fantastic year and we've had some amazing warriors on our show and we have even more lined up for 2020. So you don't want to miss any Warrior Life episodes next year. I also wanted to give you a heads up that I have a brand new podcast, a second top secret one starting in the new year. And I'm starting it based on feedback that I received from you, my listeners. And I can't wait to share the news with you. So keep an eye out for the announcement. In the meantime, have a happy holiday and we'll reconnect in the new year and spend 2020 strengthening our nations, strengthening our peoples and reasserting our sovereignty all over Turtle Island. If you like this episode, please consider supporting my podcast by subscribing, liking, and sharing each episode. Make sure to leave me your show ideas in the comments section. I'm currently hosted on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also follow me on Instagram as Pam underscore Palmeter as I talk about warrior living 
or subscribe to my videos on YouTube where I tackle difficult political and legal issues facing Indigenous peoples. You can also help me support Keep my media independent by purchasing clothing on the Warrior Life clothing site or contributing on Patreon. Till next time, keep living a warrior life. Walalia. Well,